Thank you so much, Kyle, and thank our praise team and our choir, and thank all of you for taking part in worship this morning. Pray the Lord was honored and glorified by it. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to Genesis chapter 1. I have listed chapter 2 on the screen, but it is Genesis chapter 1, and I'll take the, the blame for that. I gave Kyle the wrong chapter. I want to share with you a sermon, The Value of Life, this morning. The Value of Life. We'll look at Genesis 1, then we'll turn to Psalm 139, and look at verses 1 through 16. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now if you would turn on over to the book of Psalms. Psalm 139. And we want to read verse 1 through 16. Psalm 139. Verses 1 through 16. Psalm 139 verse 1. The psalmist said, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit? Or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. Verse 11. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both like a light to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as there was none of them. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we've had to come and to worship you. And now to open the Holy Scriptures, Father, and allow you to speak to our, our hearts. Please allow your spirit 
to be our teacher, our guide. Please give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. Thank you for my health, and I pray that uh, uh, today that I'll be able to speak without any interference because of my cough or any, any health problems. Thank you for an opportunity I have, again, to share your word. May you be honored and glorified in all of this. Help us to realize, Father, how valuable we are as your creation. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Years ago, I read a story sitting in a doctor's office, Dr. Kim's waiting room, <clears throat> in the Reader's Digest. I love to turn to that page where it says laughter. I like the Reader's Digest jokes. And I found this written. It's about a man who was running late. He was worried that he was going to miss his plane. And so he flagged down a taxi driver. He told the driver to get to the airport as quick as he could, as quick as possible. And the driver sped off. He came to a red light. He didn't even slow down. Shot right through the red light. The man in the back seat was kindly upset. <clears throat> he asked the driver, he said, uh, hey, wasn't that a little dangerous? The driver said, well, my five brothers and I, we've been driving taxi cabs in this city for years. And that system works pretty good. Red means to go. He came to the next light. It was red. He shot right through it. And then he came to a green light. The cab slowed down, almost stopped. The passenger in the back seat said, well, why did you race through the red light and almost stop at the green light? He said, well, I'll never know when one of my brothers might be coming through this way. I don't know why I thought about those Wilburn boys when I was <laughs> Terry Wil. I don't know. I just, I just came across my mind as one of the brothers. Yeah. So the point is, we get nervous if we think that our life is in danger. My wife, <laughs> she's she's in the nursery, or she's back there with Judy, Judah, but. But my wife, I mean, I notice when I'm driving, she, she gets nervous from time to time. She, she puts on her brakes when I'm supposed to put on mine, or she'll hit the wind. I mean, she won't hit the windshield. She'll press against the windshield. And I can tell she's nervous. We get nervous when we feel that our life is in danger. That's why we take our medicine when we're supposed to. That's why we go for checkups. That's why we go to the doctor's office if we feel like there might be a serious problem. That's why we watch our weight. That's why we begin exercise pro uh, programs. When we feel like our life is in danger, then uh, we begin to make necessary changes. However, I've noticed that we live in a society that is placing less and less and less value on human life. We live in a society that's wanting to abort the young and they want to euthanize the old. According to the CDC, there are about 40 to 50 million abortions a year, about 125,000 per day. This is worldwide, which simply says less and less value of human life. Did you know that 0.3 and 4.6% of all deaths are due to euthanasia or some physician-assisted suicide? 
That includes nine states which have legalized euthanasia, and also there's 18 other states at the present time considering legalizing euthanasia, which means that we're thinking less and less and less of human life. You've listened to the news recently, murders in major cities are on the incline. Chicago it reported in, seven, uh, in 2016, 2016, they reported 762 murders, the highest ever in that city. In 2015, the city had less than 500, so two years later, they went up 262. The point is, human life is valued less and less. For instance, I went to bed last night after watching the news updates and uh, on the mass shooting that took place in El Paso, Texas, where 20 were killed and 24 injured. I got up early this morning, I do on Sunday morning, and found out that at 1.22, less than 20, 1.22 a.m., less than 24 hours from yesterday, a second mass shooting in Dayton, Ohio, with nine people killed and 16 injured. Point, we live in a society where human life is less and less valuable. However, at the same time, the Bible declares that God's most valuable creation was human life. And we're valuable to God. I'm valuable to God. You're valuable to God. I have a purpose for being here. You have a purpose for being here. So why are we valuable to God? Three things real quick. Number one, we're valuable because he knows us. He knows us. We've been made by the triune God. We have been created by the triune God. That's why God says, let us make man in our image. So we're created by the triune God. You and I have been made by the triune God, and that makes us valuable. We've been made in the uniqueness, in the image of God. We're made in the image of God's spirit, but we're made in his image that we have, his, we have a mind, we have will, and we have emotions. So we're made in the image of God and that we have a mind, will, and emotions. And this triune God, his expressed desire is that we become his sons and daughters and join him in this place called heaven. Now, please keep in mind, we're not all children of God. You hear that from time to time, but we're all creators, of, uh, creations of God. But the Bible says the only way we can become a child of God is by receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life. He said it this way, as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so we're valuable because God knows us. He knows everything about us, the number of hairs on our head, according to uh, Luke chapter 12, verse 7. And then if you'll look at Psalm 139, verse 1 through 6, verse 2, look at verse 2. Thou knowest my downsetting, my uprising, my under you understandeth my thought afar off. In other words, he knows when I sit, he knows when I rise, he knows what I'm doing every minute, every day. I'm not forgotten of God. Verse 2, he says, uh, you, you understandeth my thought afar off. He perceives my thought. 
He knows my desires. He knows when I have hatred for someone. He knows if I have love for someone. He knows if I hold a grudge against someone. He, he knows if I have fantasies. He knows. He knows my thoughts. Almighty God. Verse 4, he says, thou, For there is not a word in my tongue, but thou, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. So he knows the words on my tongue. He knows the four-letter words. He knows the hateful words. He knows the loving words. He knows the words of my tongue. He knows who we really are. You can't fake it with God. can't. He knows who we are. You can't fake it with God. You can't hide it from God. Now, you, you can fake it. You can fake it with your family. You can fake it with your friends. You can, you can fake it with those at work. You can fake it with your boyfriend, girlfriend. You can even fake the preacher or those at church. Jesus had problems with fakers. He called them hypocrites. The word hypocrites comes from the word mask, the Greek word mask or false face. So from time to time, you have false face to deal with. God knows, but God knows what's behind the mask. Remember that. I like the words from Shakespeare. Macbeth said this, Away and mock the time with fairest show, and false face must hide what false heart doth know. <laughs> you can cover the face, but inside you know what it's all about. You can't fake it. You can't fake it with yourself. You sure can't fake it with God. False face. You know, it'd really surprise you, perhaps, if you really knew the person that was sitting next to you. Or it, perhaps it would surprise them if they knew the real you. So we have false face. We have faces for parents and faces for teachers and faces for those in authority and faces for the preacher. And there's those false faces, mask, mask wearing. Mask wearing goes, mask wearing's not new. Mask wearing goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Goes back to that Adam and Eve legacy, you know, that, um, uh, that apple incident, so to speak. Don't know what fruit it was, but it goes all the way back to there in Genesis chapter 3. Turn back there. It's not, you know, it's easy to find. First book in the Bible. Chapter 3, let's look at verse 6 through 10. Refresh your memory of the first mask experience. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. And when the woman saw the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. The eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves, underline the word hid, 
hid themselves from the presence of God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I, I hid myself. I hid myself. God calls out to the hiding Adam. He says, where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Here's the point. From time to time, you run and get a mask. Uh, you get that mask. And why did Adam get the mask? Same reason we get a mask. You become afraid because of something you did or something that was done to you makes you feel naked, embarrassed. Therefore, this, this nakedness cries out to be covered and not knowing how to allow myself to be covered through God's forgiveness and His righteousness, we develop our own covering, our own mask. Now, there are different masks. Primarily, there's three primary masks we'll use First of all, we'll use the, um, we'll use the uh, doing just fine mask. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine. How's your wife? Well, she's fine, too. How's your children? Well, they're fine. Everybody doing good? Yeah, everybody's fine at the house. Things all right at work? Yeah, things are fine at work. So we grab that doing your fine mask. That happens. And sometimes we, we won't grab it. We'll, we'll kind of do that new technique. We'll grab the new technique mask. We, what we're doing is really not working, so we'll try a new technique and trying to disguise what's really on the inside. And then we'll try that pedigree mask, family mask. You know, everything's fine here. We're not like that. We're different. We're educated or we're kind of wealthy. We got things together. And so not in this house. Everything's going smooth. And that's the pedigree mask. But deep behind the mask, you know, things are really not what they should be. And so every mask wearer follows these steps. First, there's shame and there's self-perception. Number two, embarrassment, being dirty. And then number three, attempted to hide what we know is true. And that happens. And we're all involved in that from time to time. However, God knows, here's the point, what's behind the mask. So... Even with knowing the true you, here's what's so neat. He still loves you. He still counts you valuable. He still wants you to be a child of his. We're valuable to God. And he won't let us out of his sight. Look at verse 7, 139. Verse 7, whether shall I go for my spirit... Where shall I go from thy spirit, where I flee from thy presence? I mean, he's not going to let us if I go to heaven. You're there if I make my bed in hell. You're there if I take wings of the morning, dwell in the most parts of the sea. You're going to be there, even there. Your hand leads me, and thy right hand shall hold me. I can't get away from him. Why is that? Because you're valuable to him, and he loves you. My goodness. So we're valuable to God because he knows us. Number two, jot this down. We're valuable to God. <clears throat> we're valuable before we're even born. Did you catch that? <clears throat> God, the Bible tells us God planned each of our days before we were even born. That's what the psalmist said. 
God has Psalm 139. Look at that just a moment. Look at verse 16. He says, Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. Did you know God had a book on you? He's got, he's got different books. He mentions one particular one here. God has a book on you. He has a book on your life. He has a purpose for your life. It's all mapped out. He's, he has a book. It's interesting. Some chapters that God wrote have never been touched by you. Some of you still fumbling around in the index. But he has that book. Some of you may be 30 years old or older and you still don't know God's plan or purpose for your life. But he has the book. And then some of you may have even jumped ahead of God in your book. In other words, he caused for you to get married in chapter 17. What would you do? You got married in chapter 8. Some have ignored the things that he wanted you to learn in chapters 13 and 15 in regards to how to prepare for life, prepare for marriage, how to prepare for your job. And the point is you've missed out because you've jumped ahead of God. I share with our youth from time to time, you know, you have two roads. Picture this in your mind. Upper road, bottom road, upper road leads to heaven, bottom road leads to hell. And you're, everybody starts out on this bottom road. And then you come to know Christ, you get saved, you move up to that top road. And you travel along on that top road, then you, you picture this. And then maybe you, you backslide, you kind of like slip down, you drop down on the bottom row. Not that you're ever going to go to hell as a Christian, but what's important, while you're on the top row, you're missing what the devil has in store for you on the bottom row. But while you're on the bottom row, you're missing what God has in store for you on the top row. And so you're on the top road, and God has your life planned out, and he has this special person you're going to marry, and he's on that top road or she's on that top road, but you backslide and you drop down and you marry somebody on the bottom row, and you miss who God had for you on the top row. That's the way it works. You have to be careful. Some missed out because you jumped ahead of God. Some are missing out because you're on the wrong road right now, and God has something better than what you're going through. So we're valuable because he knows us, and we're valuable because... <laughs> I mean, he knew us before we were born, and he has a purpose, and he has a plan for our life. Everything created has a purpose and plan, or it wouldn't be created. You've heard me share this time and time again. This mic has a purpose, pulpit, this light, this, this, uh, this tie, this whatever has a purpose, or it's not created. And that goes for you, too. And that's why God created you, allowed you to be created and formed because he has a purpose for you. And the saddest thing on earth is to live your life and die and miss God's purpose. And many do that. Number three, we're valuable even when we mess up. You say, Brother Samuel, what do I do? I mean, I mean I'm, I'm behind in the book or I've jumped ahead of God in the book. What do, what do I do? Well, God wants to give you a rewrite on your book. Years ago, I read an illustration about a woodcarver, a sculpture, a woodcarver, who was carving out an image from an old tree. And he accidentally put too much pressure, and he knocked off part of his carving. 
And because that part had been knocked off, he couldn't create the image that he intended. And so he had to rethink how to retain the beauty, although he had lost an important piece of the wood. And so he modified his design. And he was the only person who knew the piece of wood had been modified. And so here's the point. God's modification in your life is not evident in the finished form. The point is, parts of our lives have been knocked off by our past, and we've done some things that's messed up the beauty that God's intended for our life. <clears throat> but you know what he does? He loves us, has a purpose for us. He thinks we're very special, his prized creation. He saves us. He doesn't discard us. He takes us. He, although we're marred and although we're chipped and although we're rusted, he still takes us and he forms us, what's left, into something beautiful for his glory, for his honor. And when people see us, they never know what we used to be. And he'll never tell them. Isn't that amazing? Why is that? Because you're valuable to God. Because he knows you. He knew you before you were born and has a book all laid out for you. And you're valuable even when you mess up. He'll just remodify you and bring you through it. That's how we word of prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning in regards to how valuable we are in your sight. God, you knew us before we were born. You had a reason for, for me being born. You had it all planned out. From time to time, I know I jumped ahead or I fell behind, but yet you didn't throw me away, toss me away. When I became marred, Lord, you just reformed me, modified and, Lord, you're still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It's like the little song says. Took a week to make the moon and the stars, sun, the earth, Jupiter, and Mars. But how wonderful to know that you love me so much that you, I'm, I'm just a project all the time. And you love me. And you keep making those modifications in my life when I fail. Thank you for always being there for me. Thank you for loving me more than anyone has ever loved me. And now I pray for each person here. May they see their worth today and that God allowed them to be born because of a special purpose they have. And I pray they've sensed that today. Help us to realize that purpose and help us to go to work while we live on this earth to fulfill that in our life. Thank you for all that you've done for us through your Son. It makes everything possible. And we make this prayer in his name.